0: The name of this band is Locanda Della Fate. The name of the track is unintelligible to me. It looks beautiful, it's in Italian, it's long, just like this song. This is 9 minutes and 48 seconds of luscious Italian Prague from the 70s. Locanda del Fate We're coming to the end of my time here. Let it to get to delirium. We are listening now to. The best sneezes come in threes. We're listening to Sohia. Name of that track from a band called Magma. My name is Antonio Pickman. I have been your host this evening here at the Gates of Delirium. A weekly installment of the best of Prague rock from around the world. We'll be back next week at 6 o'clock. We once again would like to thank the sponsors of the program, Sackbutt and Kremhorn, and prestigious law offices of criminal representation, for whom no moral bar is too high. They will go to any grant, any lengths to secure the outcome that is in the best interest of you and them. Justice be damned. And of course, our first and uh, dearest sponsor, Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred believes in our mission here at the Cates of Delirium. Why he puts his money where his mouth is. Where you should put your money is in his extensive array of trousers it's an emporium of your dreams Trousers should play a more important part in everyone's lives a choice should not be made lightly
1: On a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter, it's Jokes to Carl. That's the duh of français, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that, don't follow me now, follow me later, I mean for right now.
2: welcome 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 to l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t that stands for let's watch a full-length movie on youtube with mike Speakman and carl carl hey, welcome mike. welcome welcome well thank you thank you thank you you're in rare
1: form but it's not so rare thanks oh, for having
2: me i'm always excited at the beginning of the show this is a two-hour show so hey, we start off our show fresh If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can by using our acronym. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We have a fantastic YouTube channel that Carl uh, moderates, I guess, or tolerates. Hi, And uh, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and we do this every week. We stream first on meetmeradio.fm. We're on it right now, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 11 (laughs) a.m., Hawaii. What is it? Mountain. It's 11 a.m. Hawaii time. <laughs> 2 p.m. Los Angeles time. 5 p.m. Jersey City time.
1: Wait a minute. You don't call it San Francisco time anymore. You snub. You're L.A. now. I'm
2: in. I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, well, the station does broadcast from L.A. and uh, from right. uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yes. Yes. Listen, people
1: call it Frisco. Just do it. Bite the bullet. Be do something new. Call it Frisco.
2: Oh, yes. Well, you know, back in my hometown of San Fran. Mm. Oh,
1: the uh.
2: gay
1: area. How dare you call it? Just call it Frisco.
2: Frisco. People call it Frisco. There's no shame in the game. San Fran is a shameful thing, but, you know, people learn. Janis called it Frisco. Uh-huh. Hippies call it Frisco. Yeah.
1: William yeah. S. Burroughs called it Frisco. Yeah,
2: he shot his wife.
1: Oh, that doesn't mean any... He...
2: Okay, never mind. So it's a rich history of the Bay Area. MutinyRadio.fm is part of it. You can go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donation button, send some money, and you can send it through Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Helps the station out a lot. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to listen to the show's audio while watching the video on YouTube at the same time for a multimedia extravaganza. Oh, it's just titillating. It's multimedia.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so, uh, Carl, what is the movie today? Today we are watching <clears throat> Finders
1: Keepers, 1984. Finders Keepers, 1984. I don't need to spell that for you. And the channel we like is a little weird. It looks like four y p m o e, but it's not a four. It's like a Greek symbol or a Russian
2: symbol or a East. It looks Indian like a foreign print of the movie, but it is actually in English. So don't don't fret. Mm-hmm. They were able to to post it. So, go ahead, and find the Greek Russian letters. It's the only one that has. Wait a second.
1: Keepers. I'm mistaken. The channel's called PYCTAM. PYCTAM. Sorry about that.
2: Oh, I think that's the same one I have. All hey. right. Well, sounds good. So, here's the trick. We want you to go into your YouTube and don't worry, take your time. We're going to have a fantastic segment right before the movie. So, chill out. All right. But the yeah. movie's called Finders Keepers, 1984. You're going to find a foreign link. That is, of course, you are cis white male like us in in America. It looks pretty foreign to us. It is Greek or Russian. It is Y A P B Y. Anyway, click the link. It's the only one that's full name. Hit pause. Move your timer to zero zero zero, and when we say go, uh, go ahead and hit the go button. So take your time. We're really excited. The person who's going to say go is a celebrity comedian as mm-hmm. part of our weekly celebrity comedian countdown with Carl. And this is a great segment that Carl produces. He talks to one of the many great comics out here uh, in the Bay Area and uh, in Los Angeles and New Jersey. Uh, Carl, take it away.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Ryan Lodge. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Now I say Ryan Lodge, but that's not how you appear on Facebook. You're Ryan Patrick on Facebook. I mean, could you get any more Irish? What's up there? How can you <laughs> name? I
4: know you can't trust somebody with two first names, right? <laughs> um, so I, I guess, uh, yeah, my real name is Ryan Lodge, but my, uh, I guess my stage name is Ryan Patrick, honestly, because, uh, my wife is a teacher and, uh, not that I do any kind of crazy, material that would you know be deemed defensive or you know rated NC-17 but just in case I always do my uh my first and my middle name
1: so your middle name is Patrick so that's how you arrived at
4: that. yeah yeah I, I tried to think I was like should I get something cool but I couldn't think of anything cool and then if it's like too forced then it doesn't it would just look weird and then do i go just by ryan and i'm like "Ah, i don't think i can pull that off like so i just did the first and middle name
1: so when people bring you up you are ryan patrick
4: for the most part yeah uh i mean there's still a couple people and this is somewhat recent um that i've kind of started going by ryan patrick i guess uh it's somewhat recent so i will get you know ryan Lodge here and there but to be honest, I don't I don't really I don't really care as long as my stuff you know that's in writing on the internet is Ryan Patrick I'm fine with it yeah,
1: that makes sense and you don't know what people will get um offended by or have a complaint about you know or exactly yeah cuz you know so you are down in like South Jersey you do a lot of Philly stuff how long have you been doing comedy and you've have you been ba- basically based out of there the whole time?
4: Uh no, so actually I grew up in South Jersey. I grew up right outside of uh like Cherry Hill, uh way down south. And I live up in uh like right north of Marstown, kind of close to Wayne. And so I live in North Jersey and I've done comedy for I feel like it's been on and off forever. I remember I started uh well I tried – word is tried i tried comedy for the first time when i was in college and i bombed in like front of maybe 150 people Ow. yeah yeah and it was seven minutes of silence and i went in like feeling so confident feeling good and it was a brutal bomb so i stopped stand up but i shifted over to improv and i did about three years of improv in philadelphia then i moved up north um with my girlfriend now wife at the time and i found uh there's a theater called Rhino Theater in Suffern and did improv there for about i think it was like 2 years and eventually i just got the stand up bug i'm like i got to do it and ever since then it's been 100% stand up uh i love it. it's like a beautiful What's the word? It's a beautiful struggle, I guess you could say, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, I know you do comedy at Rhino. I know that you're the host there on Thursdays very often for their mics. There's two mics there. So what, it was a natural mm-hmm. transition from improv to comedy there, or did you go away and come back
4: again? No, it was funny. Like, while I was doing improv, um, the woman that owns the theater, Maria, she yeah. – uh, she gave me a chance and she's like, oh, you should try hosting the open mics for standup. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I was freaking out and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll try. And I tried it and it was a lot of fun. And the people are so freaking awesome. Like all the comedians, like I, I think a lot of people out that that aren't uh, actively doing comedy or have always thought about doing comedy I don't think they realize how awesome of a community it is and how friendly everybody is. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's so cool. So once I started doing um, hosting open mics, that's when I got the bug and I just really wanted to get more and more involved with stand up, and started just doing open mics and just kind of really dove into it. So if anybody is thinking about it, uh, definitely do it. Nobody is intimidating. They might, people might look intimidating, but comedians are awesome people
1: now you've also got it going on on youtube you're working on this pilot it's called new joke city now i know you're not old enough to remember new jack city That's <laughs> where that title comes from but you, what richie dugan and dc are with you there tell me about this pilot
4: yeah so it's called uh new joke city and what the idea behind it is uh, Richie Dugan ended up having this idea he wanted to interview comics and he also wanted to kind of show uh, the contrasting of material on the street and in an actual club so they I, I got super lucky they wanted me to host the the show and I said of course it's such a great idea and this other guy DC in the city He's in video production, super, super professional, and he takes these ideas and makes them a reality. So uh, Richie and DC, they work together. And for the past, uh, what is it, October? June? I'd say like three, four months, um, we've interviewed almost 10 comedians just in the streets of New York City, whether it was in the Bronx, Washington Square Park, uh, Union Square Park. And then we'll actually do a five-minute set in public uh in front oh, of really? random people yeah so that's been so interesting you see so cool. many different characters and it's great to just see the city just what's the word i'm looking for raw is that a good way to put it yeah raw and then
1: turn on the camera and whatever happens <laughs> happens you're doing street comedy yeah
4: yeah it's and then magic. It, it's 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 really cool and then at the end of the series. Um, like after every five, six comedians we interview, uh, they they put on a show, like an actual, uh, like an actual show with all those comedians featuring, and you get to see, I guess, the difference between that material working on the street, the same exact material working on stage in a with club, no. and the difference is unbelievable. Yeah,
1: I'm sure, there's a contrast there. Now, DC is Dave Carey. Is he from DC?
4: No 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 he's uh he's from central jersey uh-huh. but uh but yeah we started working together uh during the pandemic actually um through zoom comedy so yeah. crazy how it just kind of all worked out
1: like that yeah zoom it's a new world and i don't think it's going away quick i think it eventually will go away but it'll be years now that we all know about yeah
4: oh my gosh yeah.
1: So listen, Ryan. How can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? What's your tags and on the Twitter Grams and the Snapple
4: chats? Oh man. Well, let's see. I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Ryan <laughs> as Ryan Patrick. Ryan. Um, I think on Instagram my name is Ryan Patrick Comic, very uh original. Um, and I'm not really on Twitter that much. I just feel like during the day I, I don't know some people tweet all throughout the day I kind of wish I had that time uh so I'm mainly just on Instagram and Facebook and then um and then YouTube YouTube will have new joke city come out uh I think it's around November we'll have everything out and about and yeah it'll be uh it'll be fun so yeah YouTube Instagram and uh Facebook
1: so this should be airing in November so people go out there and look for new joke city wanting to be entertained i mean street comedy and everything i think this is the one to check out oh yeah okay now everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us in the studio we're all gonna press play at the exact same time so ryan why don't you take it away and give us that celebrity comedian countdown
4: okay ready (laughs) i've been practicing so hopefully this is good all right ready three two,
2: one, go. That was awesome. That was a great comedian, uh, celebrity comedian countdown, Carl. I, I thought always so. Them. Yeah. And we're going to start off with a unicorn. It's a CBS theatrical films, which I think Young Doctors in Love, uh, directed by Gary Marshall was the first one. And then they had a big like drama hit and then they had movies like this. Yeah. That's right. This was a serious
1: movie. It was a Hollywood movie. It was seven million dollar budget, and they made over one million. So it was a good flop.
2: So it was a seven million dollar budget. Yeah, and they made back one, one point something. Yeah. Is it because their title credit looks like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, a of TV show? <laughs> that's just the That's just the eighties for you. No, maybe it's Michael O'Keefe, the the one no one remembers from Caddyshack. That is right. He is the
1: guy you know from Caddyshack. And he got that nice Irish girl pregnant.
2: Isn't he married to, or was married to a country star?
1: Bonnie Raitt, of all people. I'll Um, be right back. I just have to let the dogs in, because unfortunately, Mutiny Radio
2: Studio will not open the door for me. Hold on. I know, that's a terror. Well, we are setting up here in a mansion, a nice little airless movie. This is directed by Richard Lester. Who of course, made those delightful beetle movies and those less delightful Superman sequels, but he has a very deft touch. I mean, the Knack's a good movie, I like that movie. I saw that, I like his Beatles movies. Help is funny. So, this is kind of like a uh parading down Broadway movie as the jokes will be <laughs> parading down Broadway, Carl. Don't you think the jokes will be Pamela Stevenson? And what we're seeing right
1: now is a sort of break in. But the truth is it's the daughter and a lover, and they know right where the safe is and they know the codes and they're gonna sure. take a bunch of money. As a matter of fact, it'll be five million. And that's five million in nineteen eighty-four dollars. So, you know, it's right. we pretend money because it's the script any old way, so it's worth zero real dollars. They're gonna heist it right now.
2: Looks he's gotta hold the bag. She so would make a lousy deal or no deal uh spokeswoman.
1: <laughs> the joke ha- that happened here is she was like ready to, oh, my lover, and kiss him and have a passionate moment. And he's like, come on,
2: come on, open the safe. Uh. She's still trying to seduce
1: him. It seduce is not the word. They're already together. She's trying to be romantic and he's just not interested. And you're right, this is Pamela Stevenson. Um uh,
2: she, Sorry, I had to hear what
1: music was playing. There they go. In their already rich person's car, but they're stealing $5 Who's um, that Jim Carrey? No, Jim Carrey will show up, though. But Well, don't, his name showed up. It's in the credits. Yeah. Don't get excited for him. It's his second film ever, and he has a... It isn't a bit part, but it kind of is. You'll see. He does okay, Who's, but you don't know he's a talented person. He just does his job, which is, to, his character is like a dummy,
2: so he just acts Twice like him. What, what was his first movie? Oh,
1: um, his all, all in Good Taste, 1983, was his first
2: movie. Now, Ooh, I... Did, when, yeah. You think that's one of those sketch comedy show movies?
1: I, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I did not research Jim Carrey. We all know who he is, and so much about him. So I didn't look it up.
2: Mm-mm. We so didn't I
1: don't know what kind of film it was or his history.
2: You know, the elevator pitch, they, that's how they got the music. They were in the elevator and they heard the music and they said, perfect, okay, great." <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only thing I looked up for Jim Carrey was what was he doing exactly at the second this film was
2: made. What he was Oakland. doing... Hey, there was Mr. Sandwich. This is Oakland. I guess this is the Greyhound or the... Uh... Okay, this is pretending to be Oakland, California, but the okay. truth is it's Alberta, Canada. Interesting, because I've been to the train station in Oakland, and uh, I can't place it. Well, I was going to bring that up to you, because we're going to see the train station,
1: um, and it's sign and everything. And, and you, you're going to probably laugh, because it's
2: certainly not Oakland, California. Well, it's a famous station. It's where Jacqueline Square uh is and they have mm-hmm. a, a long uh street perpendicular to the pier and there's a tr- you know a train uh tracks on that street and long gotcha. But there's there's an Amtrak nearby there. Like if you're in San Francisco and you're like, Oh, I am cosmopolitan, I would like to take an Amtrak from San Francisco. <laughs> you would go on a bus and the bus would take you to Oakland. Mm-hmm. And from Oakland. That's the same with Greyhound. Uh, the Greyhound will take you to uh, the start of the, the bus line in Oakland. No, I think it stops off there, but I, I've taken the Amtrak. I, You know, the train, you had to go take a bus over there. But it's fun. It's a beautiful spot. So he's managing a roller derby crew. Yeah, okay. So we're meeting Michael O'Keefe here. His name
1: is Michael Rangeloff. And what he is is like uh, a sort of He's not really a con man or something. He's just going from odd job to odd job, trying to scam people and do stuff. And currently, yeah, he's the
2: coach of a rollerball team. You know, and he, roller like, ball. gets, uh, sorry, roller. No, rollerball, that came, that game must have existed back in 84. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie was out. Everyone knew rollerball, yeah. right? Yeah, there was two movies. There's a remake. Uh, yep, the there movie. was, yeah. Yeah. So this is in between remake, uh in between movies. Rollerball. I really enjoyed
1: the first one. I thought it was really good. And it had yeah. Sonny from Godfather in it.
2: Yeah, right. It had a lot of solar uh, rollerballs. I don't like solar ball babies. Oh, so, uh, no, have you ever seen All the Marbles? Wasn't that a, no, it was a wrestling movie with Peter Falk. No, oh. I didn't. Do you
1: recommend it for my DVD?
2: No. Drew, Drew Barrymore is in a good movie called Whip It. I would recommend that, and that's with uh, Andrew. Uh, okay, Wilson. Whip it, Drew. Andrew Wilson from Church Ball is in Whip it, and it's about oh. Drew Barrymore joining a roller boogie, a uh, roller disco derby. Okay, team. I'll check it out. And There if was you say, a- uh, look at that comedic, entering Oakland. So is this really Oakland? No, it's Alberta, Canada. Look at that tower there. You ever see that in Oakland? No, i never seen that pointy tower. <laughs> never seen a house like that. Okay, oh, no, is here
1: is, like, now it's a crime scene, and so the cops will be there and the FBI will come in. <clears throat> Look, i got to try to get this dog in again. I'm sorry!
2: There now,
1: we go. Now this is not California.
2: No, this is North Carolina, right? Then they they that's where the house was? Oh, look at this. The same actor that's playing the. He's, he's late for Felix and Oscar's poker game. You don't think that cop is like in a husband and everything? I think so. Oh, no, I got an ad. Jeepers Creepers. No, I didn't even get an ad. It's just the, the same movie. It just switched. We're at a church. Maybe it's an ad for Jesus Christ. Hey, okay, movie I'm patrons.
1: Back. They're both inside now. My wife's in Florida. My kid is sleeping.
2: Everything's cool. Oh, you got the dogs in? You yeah, did, right? You the dogs in? And then uh, your, your kids are quote-unquote sleeping, and uh, your wife is quote-unquote at, at a business meeting?
1: No, she's in Florida because there was a passing, and two of the kids are at college. It's just the one boy upstairs sleeping. And stop making me a quote unquote guy.
2: <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's Jim Carrey.
1: So there, he's on the run from the rollerball team. Meanwhile, they're investigating that robbery. Okay. And these two things will come together and marry each other on a train.
2: Okay. No, that makes no sense. So an Oakland uh, roller derby uh, embezzler and uh, con men stealing money from their... Okay, they're going to meet on a train. I got you. Why don't you say that sooner? Yeah. Well, it's letting the movie do the talking. You know, this is <laughs> Anne Rand's least favorite train movie, followed by Atlas Struck, <laughs> part one, two, and three. So... Now, you know, he's
1: he's got a moment of reprise, and it's going to turn into a situation in which he's basically sleeping with a woman in the bath upstairs. That's
2: how slick he is. That's Brian Dennehy, right? That is Michael O'Keefe. No, no, Michael O'Keefe, the guy in the blue suit. Uh-oh. I don't know what minute you're at uh i'll pause it that's the only way i could do it no i'm at two two minutes no. and 10 seconds yeah wait why is that like that mike i'm
1: gonna have to kill you we're gonna have to start the episode over
2: oh no you know what it's it switched it's switched to jim carrey yeah we gotta do this another time all right i'm stopping that i'm pausing
1: okay three two one go okay we are back in sync at 1036
2: (laughs) yep oh is this uh, a move over Knives Out right didn't Knives Out try to be as funny as this movie I don't know Knives Out this guy was in um, he played a sitcom where him and his wife switched places right Um, Oh,
1: the guy on the left, the, the police officer, is John Shook.
2: John Shook, yeah. Star
1: Trek Connection. And the guy on the right was on the Bob Newhart show.
2: What was the Star Trek Connection?
1: Um, He was in... Uh, he was a Klingon in... Oh, brother. Here it is. He was the Klingon ambassador in the Voyage Home, which was the fourth episode with the whales. And then he was back as the same guy in Star Trek V. He also was in Deep Space Nine once and Voyager once. Oh. And that shows Star Trek Enterprise, which was probably Scott Bakula's vehicle.
2: Yeah, at a certain point, I got lost, I think. We just watched her give him a blowjob right underneath the bathtub.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's how slick he is. He's got his way into this woman's bed. But she was willing to do it. Now, he was at the scene of the crime. He bumbled like an idiot. So now he's coming home to, you know, get on new clothes. And, of course, he
2: will discover his wife in bed with another man. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a very wet bed. Eating, eating water
1: now, this movie is takes place in 1973, even though it's an 84 film, because it's Vietnam era. And they're on a waterbed. Waterbeds were very popular in the 70s.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. They're so hard. Like, I don't know what to do when they get soft. I mean, is there something I need to add?
1: If your waterbed is soft, you probably need to put it in the freezer... Okay. Or lower the air conditioning in your room to sub-zero. Yeah, you need it to. It, it's a freezing process.
2: You know, I like to get the millennial uh, waterbed that comes in a box, and you open it up, and it opens up. Like and you just the entire waterbed mattress in a box. It's incredible. And you sync it to your phone, and you sync it to your phone. Oh, uh, look! Caught, you can't hold his breath. Caught. Lot. Look at that chest. That's a classic 80s, 70s chest. Just nondescript. Oh, it's a cop.
1: They're doing this dumb ploy that he's the plumber's son, and okay, I think it's all fixed. Yeah, There's spider
2: webs in this bathroom? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Look, like behind them. Oh, those are spider plants. <laughs> well, uh,
1: it's so funny. It's a gun up his butt. We've all
2: been there, am I right? <laughs> oh my god, that's the least favorite part of these hot tubs. Hot bath. Hello. Oh, look at that Yakuza tattoo on the back of his, uh, on his back. Giant dragon. Kwai Chow me. Chang.
1: Really holding up that uh, police car. He was a Sholin. Right, he was nice enough to hold up that police car for them.
2: Is this so Michael O'Keefe?
1: Yeah, we're getting backstory, like, you know a man named Century? You know, we're, like, learning about you came from a foster home. Like, we're learning backstory.
2: Oh, good, yeah, because once we're on the train, it's all, all systems go.
1: <laughs> well, Century, the guy they're referring to, that's a person's name, Century. He will show up later so they're setting us up for
2: that Oh, century worked at the foster home
1: yeah well he was also a member of the foster home but he had like 12 years on this key, on michael o'keefe so he was like a mentor kind of guy in like yeah. being a con man and now we're seeing a flashback of it at the orphanage are you okay michael o'keefe Michael Let's O'Keefe. pick you up and i might happen to be lewis gossett jr
2: Great. Wow.
1: Would you take a picture of us?
2: Yeah. So Um, they're both in the foster home and he picked them up. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you mean, picked them up. Well, he got them out of trouble and lifted them in his arms.
3: Yeah.
2: Like like he picked them up. With his arms.
1: You're so literal. Uh Uh-oh. Hiding from the Uh, roller. Roller derbyist. Yeah. Six o'clock. Crash. Oh, my goodness. Maybe Uh our hero will take advantage of this to run away. As if the back door of a cop car would be unlocked. They
2: might in 1984. They don't really know. It's Reagan's America. 73. 73. It was Nixon's America. Oh, 73. Right, right. And in Oakland. Boy, you know, you got all those. Now. uh, They've got the
1: money that they stole in a hearse, and this is their cover, okay?
2: Oh, it's uh, in the hearse, the $5 driver million
1: guy and the uh, $5 million is in the hearse. Driver guy and grieving widow.
2: That's a perfect scam. Oh, it's going to work. It reminds me of Sting, because what a great Sting. Last episode was, no, when was that? Yeah, it was a couple episodes. Brimstone and Treacle.
1: That was last month, I guess.
2: Yeah. Just listen to it. Army Navy store. But it's a hippie in the Army Navy store.
1: So he's got a watch that's worth money, so he wants to hawk it for clothes. Meanwhile, here we are at Oakland train station. And clearly from LA. all the years in Oakland, you can see that it's Oakland train station.
2: It has to be real Oakland, right? Why would they they actually bought a uh, sign? Yeah, they bought a sign that says Oakland. <laughs> this no,
1: is Alberta, Canada. This is Alberta,
2: Canada. It's um hmm. said so He got clothes, but it's Army Navy stores, so all he has all they have are uniforms. Right. So he's gonna even wear the McDonald's hat. He is stealing some valor.
1: So I won't list them all, but there's a bunch of cities in the province of alberta that's where this is shot and it was the second one for this director because he had just finished superman 3 in alberta
2: Superman three hot off the heels 1983 Mm -hmm. dick lester was
1: our director
2: lois this food is delicious clark you're eating dog food (laughs) yeah there it is oakland it says oakland so so it must be true is it Amtrak or is it like, Am? I can't see with the pixels? It's called Amrail. So they don't even have like, well, right, because there's not a monopoly. There's the, but there's the uh, Harry Krishna is on the train station. Yes, that's right. And this
1: yeah. he's trying to sell him a book about George Harrison. It'll change your life.
2: Interest. Is there a callback? They introduced a novel of George Harrison, the first act.
1: No. Now he's a pretend military guy and he just walked into Oakland with her. There's a lot of military guys. Look, they're even playing dice.
2: There was Port of Oakland. There was a naval base, right? Or army base. I did, uh, I was down there and saw the theater there. It was beautiful. You know, like the Presidio, the military was there until the 80s, basically. uh uh-huh. um, Maybe Mark Harmon's movie, The Presidio, and then... MPs are coming. Everybody clear out of here. Look at this comedy. Just parades down Broad Street. Now, remember, he's a civilian in a... Co- in a Right.
1: Stolen valor. Now, look, you see the flag? He left it. But he didn't leave it. It's not his. It's those other guys who ran away. So the MPs are like, this is your flag? And he goes, yeah. yeah. So he goes and gets it, and the MPs think that something's wrong. Something's wrong, so
2: they want to follow him to check him out. Right. Well, maybe it's because he's wearing uh, a McDonald's uniform. hat given to him from the Army Navy hippie. The Army Navy hippie gave him a uniform. So he quickly sees a coffin. So
1: he says to the guy, "Stop." And he goes, there's five bucks in it for you if you stop. So the guy stops. <laughs> and he drapes the flag he coincidentally found in the bathroom on the coffin. And they're like, oh, this guy's escorting a, you know, fallen hero. You know, like they just, he gets away. It, it, this is actually funny because he doesn't know military. So he's going, <laughs> you know, when he's doing the salutes and stuff. That's a-
2: but why, why is Dennis Weaver and, uh, what's her name, like, not just going up to the guy and be like, give me my coffin?
1: Because uh, there's $5 million in it, and they got a scam going on. Everything's got to be quiet, you know? You can't go and make a big scene. This is my coffin, you know?
2: Telephones. Bay Area hotels. You sure this is not Oakland? I'm, I'm. you it's tell a, me you live there. Bay Area hotels? They're not, it doesn't look like Canadian phone booths. pre-pandemic you could use a phone uh pay phone
1: now the guy on the left you don't recognize him because he's usually bald in movies but he he doesn't do a good job in this movie but he's been in a million things right uh let's see more than 200 films and tv episodes career of 40 years I can't say one thing in here you'd go, oh, that guy, because he's always the thug, the character actor. Like, okay, he was in The Longest Yard, but I'm sure he was just one of the football dudes. He was in The French Connection, too. I'm sure he was one of the cops or one of the mobsters, you know? Right. He was in Wagons East. Amrail. Right. Now, the Silver Streak in 1976... Right which was before this, was called Am Road, And the internet thinks they were trying to not, you know.
2: Well, they can't I, say. You know, it's strange. I, I'm pretty sure it was the only train company in town, you know. They saw a monopoly. What? Amway? Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, not Amway. Yeah, the the rails. Amway. Amway. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: can listen. It's not a pyramid
2: scheme. That's yesteryear. Amway is no, a- not Amway. Amtrak.
1: <laughs>
3: I Tra- am
2: track. Yeah, it's for for American tractor. Oh, Tractory. Oh, you learned something new that you already knew every day. Yeah, see, <laughs> and the DC stands for District of Columbia.
4: Oh, Ooh,
2: I, oh. I just learned that again. It's something I already know. <laughs> So is he hanging out with a conductor?
1: Yeah, and the joke is like you know he's like I'm escorting this dead my dead friend or this fallen hero. But the joke is that like he's the world's oldest train conductor, and 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 you know the president made him a promise that he could. And he's saying like, well, oh, I could tell you all the presidents if you go back, and he gets the president's names wrong. It's it's not very <laughs> funny, but it's the schtick he does throughout the film.
2: All right. Oh, so he's a regular.
1: Yeah, he will be a player. That we're in Act Two now, and we're meeting our B characters that will support his plot. His, you know.
2: And did Did you like this movie? Was this a romp that you embraced? No, this movie.
1: No, it. I'm trying to. No. Yes.
2: Let's talk about our favorite train movies, right? You mentioned Silver Street. No, but
1: this isn't a really a train movie. A bunch no. of it takes place on a train, but that's not where it starts or ends. Oh, the interesting. Whole Three will be off the train. Oh, all right. Well, I take that
2: back. <laughs> the
1: answer was No Piercer. <laughs> no Piercer is a weird concept. Is that the one where it's like a a totalitarian, totalitarian train?
2: Yeah, it was just like French comic and uh it kind of had the movie ending and then it continued and i think the illustrator passed away but it had a very bleak resolution and then another artist took it over and came up with a conclusion and then came up with a prequel that explains Uh how the world came to be what it was yeah i'd
1: like to know that because it's the dumbest thing how can the world all of a sudden have to be on a train that never stops
2: well eco-terrorists are fucking with the uh climate control and (laughs) They're going to try to obliviate the, uh, the world for so nature can resume is their radical disposition. Meanwhile, this kind of Bill Gates character, uh, creates a train and he gives out golden tickets, but by the time it gets to all the cities, it's just a mob of people trying to get on these trains. Uh-huh. They already had the rich people on there and then all the poor people just kind of shove themselves in the back. And Then the train goes off. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Okay, Beverly D'Angelo, we like her. She is maybe something nice about this film, but it's just not good enough to make it to save the film. But she's the best character in it. Right. Here we have a joke. It's the guy, you know, the woman in the bathtub with the chief of police, you know, and it's like, ha, ha, ha.
2: Oh, right. I couldn't believe it, he said. There she is. She's going to speak to him finally. Reno. You sure it's not Bay Area? Because Reno is close to Oakland.
1: The the train is now in Reno and
2: we are in Lethbridge, Alberta. Are they in Reno, California or or Reno, Nevada? Uh, Reno, California most likely. I don't know the answer. It doesn't really matter. They're on a train trip. I'm thinking of... uh, I'm thinking of Lake Tahoe that shares two states. Uh, uh,
1: right. uh, in this fictitious movie, they will go from California to De- Nebraska, okay? And are we in Reno, California or Reno, Nevada? I mean We're in Nevada. I guess. We're moving right along. In search of good times and
2: good friends. Together we'll nab it. Something silly rabbit. Right. Tricks are for kids, silly rabbit.
1: Moving right along in search of. We'll hitchhike bus and yellow cab it. Why am I singing that stupid song? I'm moving it now. Okay, now, as you know, the coffin got away from the widow, and the chauffeur, okay, the ba- our bad guys. So he's saying, like, if you get on this train, oh, uh you're a dead man to him, you know? And, okay, he goes, look, that's the FBI. I got you a private plane in Reno. You've got to, you know, meet me in Ogden, Utah. Gotcha. And she's, like, still, like, come on, darling, <laughs> you know? That shtick will go away, but that's currently their shtick. She wants to be romantic, and he's all business.
2: Right. Get on that train. No. Okay, yeah, now
1: Beverly D'Angelo and Michael O'Keefe meet, and they will be together for the rest of the film. What now, a gentleman. She is saying faggot and retard over and over and over.
2: Really? Yes. Well, I was wondering why this movie was rated G. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and put up the sound? Just so
1: you can stop the sound as soon as we hear a faggot or a retard.
3: I can you. Oh, sit,
2: sit. Sit, sit, doggy. I think he made that part up just so you could say those words. Oh, okay.
1: really? You turned the sound off? Turn it up till she says faggot. Who? Why
3: is staring at
2: us then? Everyone's staring
3: All right, what's up? Anyone stare? You want to stare at me? Anyone stare at me?
2: <laughs> Look at her go.
3: Stare
2: She's drunk.
1: At. She's dumb. She's just a kook. But the only refreshing thing about this movie.
2: Is that she's a free spirit?
1: You turn the sound off again.
2: Well, did she she hasn't said anything. All right, I'm putting it back. Of
3: course, so then you try
2: to find one for me. What kind of a retard you think I am? Oh, she said it. She said recharge. You can turn it off. Which is
1: cigarette?
2: All right, let's see if she says the F word. Oh, smoke. bomb.
1: Well, the next time she'll say it is when she learns about the coffin in the back. Let's calm down.
2: I think she's gargling.
1: Yeah, what she—they're showing us she's outrageous. She's a crazy woman. She's outrageous.
2: She's like going, Barbara Streisand and "What's Up, Doc," where she's like, <laughs> "Hey, Ryan O'Neill, what's up, Doc?" Right.
1: Now we're going—you know—we'll learn that she's going through a divorce, and we'll learn that she's a Hollywood actress, and. Earlier this year, she was on an episode of Mod Squad.
2: Wow. Oh, so it's the Hollywood.
1: Now she's learning about the coffin in the back. And she's like, you idiot, you did that on purpose to make me feel like a jerk.
2: Oh, he's he revealed that it's actually just a way to get on the train. Uh
1: You know, she's like... My buddy, he's like my buddy's in the back, and she goes, "Is he a faggot too?" And he goes, "No, he's dead. He's uh, he's in a coffin. I'm transporting him home for." And she goes, "You did that to make me feel bad."
2: Look, he's reading the cliff notes to the script. Right, because she's not gonna in. read the whole thing. Hmm. Act three, scene one, party. Oh, these guys can't take it. Oh, that's right. She's so obnoxious. Oh, that's pretty convenient. I haven't have you ridden the train since the pandemic? Uh no, I guess not. That's interesting. I went to the movies. Uh-huh. That's brave. I saw no time to die.
1: Uh, yeah, you have no time to die. Listen, it's a ninety percent survival rate. It is uh, the flu. Okay. People who get it say like, I felt a little achy. I mean, you sure you could die, but you're probably
2: not gonna bite. Achoo, so it's A chew It's a three hour movie and I had a pee, so I'm in the I'm in peeing. I got my mask on. And I look, and the guy down the aisle is like his mask is off. And then I go wash my hands, and there's a guy brushing his teeth.
1: (laughs) And you were fucking in germ hell, right? Brushing his
2: teeth at the multiplex.
1: Remember the guy walked past you and coughed or sneezed or something, and you were on. Yeah, that was a rough day.
2: That was a bad day. That ruined my week. The next two weeks, I was worried about that. Yeah. It was three people unmasked walking side by side taking up the entire dirt road uh, dirt path and then when i walked around them the guy started to cough. that was a close one you know that was like during the beginning of the pandemic i was wearing like cloth handkerchiefs mm-hmm. you know like bandanas and shit before you
1: learned about the whatever, yes. yeah, I forget the note. I would, if it was weeks ago, I would be able to tell you the the name of the mask. Okay, now she's like, you weren't lying, you were telling the truth, and she's gonna sort of cry or whatever, and right. it's gonna turn into consoling, and then that's gonna turn into romance.
2: Wow, are they gonna do it on top of the coffin? That would be a great scene, but
1: unfortunately, I didn't direct this. Now, the guy who directed this, like he's no
2: slouch. He really no, has no job. Yeah, I was just saying, Richard Lester. I mean, he directed Superman One. His version of Superman Two is theatrically released. Superman Three, which he did before this. The Beatles. I don't, I don't right.
1: think he did one. No, I think he just did two and oh, three. Right? No, he did two and three. Right? No, but then, the, what made him big was. England even though he's an American he got his chops in England but and he, it was still okay like okay in 1950 he was like a stagehand then he got beca- became the floor manager and then the assistant director and then the director and that became in less than a year nobody else around knew how to be a director he he just got sucked up into it a variety show he did like Peter Sellers saw it and so he tried to make the goon show, the radio thing, a television show. And and it was Dick Lester. He had to do it. Right. So he so was he, big in English TV. He did
2: lots of shows in English TV. Well, I, I've seen The Knack, which is kind of like the 60s youth movie. And then uh, and How to Get It. Yeah. Yeah, How to Get It. And, uh, you know, A Hard Day's Night and uh, Help were two great movies.
3: Yeah, you see, he...
2: Do you remember the Three Musketeers followed by the Four Musketeers during the 70s? Okay, well, after
1: this movie, he'd take a break and then go on to do the Three Musketeers, and then I think it was
2: over for him. Well, no, no, he did, like, the return of the Three Musketeers, but in his heyday, in, like, 73, he did a Three Musketeers movie, which they just extended and made a second part. Uh, and it was called The Fourth Musketeers. Mm-hmm. I think then, I remember that as a kid. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those 70s uh, anomalies that you most likely remember when you're young. Yeah. Okay, he made this movie, like, right
1: after the English TV stuff called The Running, Jumping, and Standing Still. That's what it was called film. The running, jumping, and standing still film. But it was like a favorite of John Lennon. John Lennon really liked it. And when the Beatles got like a list of people who could direct Hard Days Night, he saw right. that name. And he says, Oh, who't well, me, this go. No, it does. Now, Becca, what are the Beatles? The Beatles are it's like the most common form of insect. Oh. And they're not hive driven.
2: They're like rogues, you know. Um hey, the FBI guy is in like, the storage area, but I don't see the coffin.
1: That's right. He he is on the case of the 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 thievery of the five million dollars. Okay, that's what he's there about. He doesn't really know about the coffin or the story with that. He doesn't know that that's how they're sneaking the money. He doesn't know that this guy conned his way into using that to get on the train and,
2: you know, get far away from roller girls. I know, what a weird predicament. I gotta flee Oakland by train. The roller derby's after me. So, this Michael O'Keefe, I don't know, somehow he became... mm,
1: I'm really not sure what it is, but He says there's a suspect on the train. Now, what could it be except for the chauffeur, right? Who could it be? So now he's going to interview him, and we have attempted hilarity at, like, you know, comedy of errors in their conversation. Do you know this woman? No. You didn't even look at the picture. Well, I was only in the bathtub with her.
2: Right. You don't think then this is like, I mean, like, this is like the comedy scenes I like. There's a situation in, in a conflict and people go up against it.
1: Now he says, Do you know this woman? And that's the woman who's pretending to be the widow, but she doesn't, he doesn't know her.
2: Right. He said, With the, the police chief's wife.
1: Yeah, or, or they did something conjugal. I don't know that it was sex, but yes. But she she blew him with the tub water running or whatever. Yeah, that,
2: the-
1: I think that was just a joke because it would probably be impossible.
2: Yeah, that's in Gimme an F2, a cheerleader movie. They're in a the hot tub and these women pop their heads out. And, pop.
1: and, and that happened in Back to America. No, back oh, oh,
2: to coming, come, coming to America. Coming to America. Uh, what else? Uh, easy Money? Was there a bit like that? No. You know, Last Beverly D'Angelo is
1: like, why did you lie to that FBI guy about your name? And she's like, you sure you want to get involved? And she goes, involved? Where have you been? You know, because they've been making out stuff. Is this a piano bar? So Yeah, it's a piano bar on the... On the it's like a Wurlitzer on the train, you know, they converted the food car into a bar for the movie. You see, this, train buffs know this film, so a bunch of the sites that I found tells me all about what the train is.
2: Well, you've been on the Amtrak train, Boston to New Jersey, you know, there's a a observation, uh, there's a first class, and there's observation, there's general seating, there's like little hotel rooms for, you know,
1: my father served under general seating in vietnam
2: huh two tours
1: of duty But your father yes he did he served under general general section what'd you call the seating general what electric <laughs> yes he served under general electric in nam okay so i just want to let you know because you brought it up this is uh there's a manufacturer called Bud. They make trains. So it's a Bud-built pocket steam liner of ex-Canadian Pacific cars pulled oh. by a couple of former Canadian national GMD FP9A diesels. Well, I'll be. So this is all Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, this whole thing is in Canada. Um, it the the train has seven cars. Two of them are domes. That's the sort of observational thing, like you were talking about. Right. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of train sites that give a shit about this movie. Just like a lot of uh, bowling sites cared about that other one we saw.
2: Oh, well, if I was into Canadian trains, this movie would be like such a pleasurable experience.
1: Michael O'Keefe was the star of that film too. No, no, who was it?
2: Which one, Snowpiercer?
1: No, it was Rocky for bowling, and we saw it. dreamer oh, that Tim Matheson. Right, 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 right. They're both as bland. Now, look, the the bad guy told him, you don't touch the cargo. or So he was in the car, and he goes, wait a minute. He called it cargo, not a body. He called it cargo. Right. So he's like, what? He goes and checks it out, and he finds the money she found the photo of the heiress right so what she thinks is michael o'keefe is really a bad guy who killed the heiress put her in the coffin and beverly d'angelo thinks she's next so you can see it's a miss you know three's company mistake
2: well that, that's the, that's your comedy scene there's a comedy it, of errors right right i mean do you prefer it if it might michael O'Keefe showed up and started knocking things over Whoops! Sorry. Uh, no, I have no preference. It is a comedy <laughs> of errors. Oh, it's just the guy at the bar.
1: Oh, a misunderstanding! What a comedy of an error of a.
2: Comedy. <laughs> wow! Look at all that beer. Right now, you
1: see, it didn't get knocked over until Beverly D'Angelo goes under.
2: Damn it! Quick, hide! Go outside. You get out of here you on. again stop well, coming this is on great. To me I've seen Beverly D'Angelo in all the vacation movies but I don't think she's ever riding a train or need
1: a guy in the cro- groin
2: oh that yeah but that was off camera <laughs> yeah oh look at that shaving in the public bathroom nice cold water from the tap <laughs> that's it's his life dead. on the road you got to get a good lather in there. A little comedy uh, face he has, that like
1: clown face. You know, we do know her from National Lampoon's Vacation movies, but she was in so much more.
2: Oh, yeah, she's great. She's phenomenal. She's, she's probably the best things in those movies, too.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think Vacation was just a killer film, and Chevy Chase nailed it. And yeah. she was just playing the role of supportive, uh, I don't know, she was, okay, well, let me see here, she was in Shampoo, Um she was in American History X, she was the the the
2: mom. Interesting. She was in Every Which now. Way But Loose.
3: Uh, Carol,
2: how many times have you seen American History X, 500 times? No, one time. Uh, that's the one with... Um, Edward Norton. Uh, yeah,
1: and he hurt that poor man's jaw on the... He went to jail for it. That was yeah. just No, I, re- I, I remember the scene in which the, the blind date or the date was Jewish, and he really got up in his grill, made him uncomfortable. Um, I remember the clique he was in, that he was separated from it, and he had to come back to it. Um why did you say I would see it 500 times? Oh because you're a white supremacist. You know I'm a liberal, Mike, right? You know I've never voted for a Republican in my life. You know my stepbrother's trans, you know my brother's gay, you know my brother other brother's African American. Uh, you know I grew up in East Orange. I do not think that I am a white, <laughs> white supremacist.
2: No, but I didn't know half that information. We'll have to talk afterwards. Congratulations. I did
1: so know all of that information.
2: Yeah. Congratulations. My first love was a Jewish woman. <laughs> uh huh. Who's Who's that, Mrs.
1: Deathfire? No, it was Wendy Osofsky in high school. But the thing is, like you, some guy goes. Some of my best friends are black. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I was raised in an all black community. I, Mike, I don't ever question. Look. I don't believe in this cancel culture. I think it's bullshit. That doesn't make me.
2: Carl, I was making a joke. I okay. was listening to the movie. It, I didn't, It didn't go further than that. <laughs> well,
1: look, she was in Annie Hall. That kicks ass.
2: Yeah. I don't remember that. I like that
1: movie. Uh, she was actress in Rob's TV show. So Rob, who had a TV show, I guess she was. Maybe her part wasn't big.
2: Was it Rob Schneider?
1: Right. Uh, she was in Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. That's kind of a Rob Schneider type film. She was in The House Bunny. She's been in some dumb things.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember her in House Bunny. That's a great movie. She got Paris. a golden globe for
1: she's a line in Coal Miner's Daughter.
2: I was going to say, she's an accomplished singer. Yeah. Yeah. She was in
1: Hair. Oh, yeah, she was the girlfriend in Hair, right?
2: Really? I think so. What was her son, Aquarius? Uh, no, she's going to shock. It, it was the dog. They're pretending.
1: So she went to them and said, Michael O'Keefe, he's a murderer. He stole the money and put it in a coffin. And then she, you know. Go there, they and- He tells the truth. She sees the widow outside of the train. So, obviously, she didn't kill and put her in a coffin if she's alive. You see? Right. So, therefore, how are we going to undo what I told the FBI? Well, pretend you're a crazy person who has fits.
2: And that's what they're doing. And it'll work. So, he's pretending he's in the military and she's pretending that she has a mental problem. Right. They deserve each other, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoy your little private world well this is just delightful so we're going to get off the trains and they're on the second tier right now that's some some heavy-duty shit this is one of the dome cars that they refer to on the train sites this is more of a commuter train you know what i mean like you would people like go to lar and push themselves in uh
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But what do you know about the LIR?
2: Oh, the LIR, well, there's W-L-I-R, would stares to be different.
1: People call it frisky, call it frisky, but call it, you know, Frisco, and then every now and again refer to it affectionately as, ah, just that's something, that's just frisky for you.
2: So this is not Nevada or Nebraska, this is still Canada.
1: Right, right now we are going to go over, okay, we're going to go over Old Man River and and the Old Man River Bridge in Leithbridge, Alberta. And by the way, that was Vancouver's Pacific Central Station that they were pretending was Oakland, because train websites got me in the
2: know. Well, I'm glad you said that because I did see that segment and I was killing myself. Like, did they remodel? Because they, they did do a renovation of the, the main uh, hub over in, in Jack London, but it didn't look like it. It kind of looked like the Greyhound for a little bit, but it just didn't look like it. You know, well, you know, it's a good. I would recommend a TV show. We're back in sepia land. Uh, Turner it's a and. The memory. Oh. Turner and Hooch, the uh, oh, TV yeah. show, it takes place in San Francisco. And it's all digitally uh, edited. So they're walking in like three composites in the background. It looks nothing like any city you've seen. <laughs>
1: That's weird.
2: Yeah. Because I think he was in the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, it might have been the suburbs. Tom Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He lived. Oh, there we go. That's the last of this guy.
1: Well, it's not, but yes.
2: Now that was a hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah, the stunt man. This guy, he was in Death Wish three.
2: Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, do something, Charlie. Two. Uh, you still got to do something. Do it again. Something needs to be done again, again. Death and Wish four, the crackdown. The hey, uh, there's century.
1: Yep, that's Lewitt Gossett Jr. He got the message when he was at the station. He called him and said, "Come help me! I'm in trouble."
2: Oh, that's good. So they got their con man friend in on it,
1: right? And it's 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 not his dad. It's kind of it's not even his older brother. It's something in the middle. Like he's a teacher, but also in the same he's he's a friend because he's also a or an orphan but he i mean he's like got 12 to 15 years on him you
2: know well that's cool so luca he did a officer and a gentleman around this time right 84
1: oh good good question luca jr so office and a gentleman officer and a gentleman i don't see it here Iron Eagle was... Okay.
2: Yeah, Iron Eagle.
1: Enemy Mine. We know him from that. That was 85. Yeah, 1982. 1982 was Officer and a Gentleman. So this is after that, right?
2: Wow, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, he was in some good things, but he was also in some crap.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And... He wrote a franchise, the Iron Eagle franchise, which Iron Eagle was stupid and he wrote it. He Iron Eagle, Iron Eagle 2, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, Iron Eagle on <laughs> the attack. The fourth film.
2: Oh, there's no four. They just soaked it, soaked it. You don't think fans were like, I really got to know. I got to know. I got to know. What happened? No, I just need to see see more planes yeah and also i, I think so. it was, i mean there must be another reason why you're watching these movies like maybe you're military and then you're doing the, the planes the helicopters the iron eagles what are they they're like giant metal- uh
1: iron eagle was was a they were jet fighters they were I, I, I don't I may, maybe Iron Eagle was the name of their group or something. Look, I did see Iron Eagle and they were jet, they were flying jets, but then I quit on it. It was uh stupid. I never saw Iron Eagle 2 through 4.
2: Did you Oh no, I don't think I've seen it even the first one. I know there was like a Nicholas Cage movie with with Charlie Sheen which is basically the same idea. Mm-hmm. for military planes. Maybe they go on missions. I have to see the Iron Eagles now. You do okay. Enjoy. He was
1: mine really good. good in Enemy Mine. Um, Enemy he, Mine is a good one. Yeah, he started out in 1961. He was in a, he was in A Raisin in the Sun. That's why he got a career.
2: Um, yeah, you know, he was in the TV version of Blazing Saddles.
1: The TV version. That's interesting.
2: It was called Black Bart. And uh, I think it was listed as a Junior. Or, uh, and uh, the story went that to keep the rights to Blazing Saddles, Warner Brothers had to uh, come up with a TV show within the end of the year. So they cranked out episodes of a TV show they had no intention of airing, just did uh-huh. it to all the credits. So the, the DVD of uh, Blazing Saddles, I guess the Blu ray has the pilot. Interesting. We know what the jerk 2, our friend Garrett, whatever his name is. Right. He is in it. Wait, our friend Garrett? Yeah, our friend Garrett from The Jerk 2 and Fridays.
1: Oh, that guy, the um the star of Jerk 2, right. He's in oh, okay, gotcha. He's in the TV pilot of uh um well, that's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, why would you make a Blazing Saddles TV show? They had they contract. They had to by
2: contract. Yeah, so they said, like you know, the rights go back to Mel uh, Brooks unless you know the studio makes a TV show by the end of the year.
1: Oh, so Mel Brooks? Yeah, he was trying to just okay, okay, interesting. And then they screwed him over. They said, "Here's your TV show. Enjoy."
2: Right. But I don't know if they screwed him over. I don't well, think he ever... used the it. rights? Yeah, he probably has the rights. Maybe, okay. I don't know. That's a good question. But he has the rights to Young Frankenstein, which was a Broadway play, and then the producers. And... Now what we're
1: having is goodbye, okay? The train has stopped at her stop, and she's getting in the taxi to go off to this, like, rehabilitation center because she's having a mental breakdown because of her divorce. But we'll get surprised when she doesn't get, the taxi actually does leave, but she goes back to the train and she's back with Sentry and Michael O'Keefe again. <clears throat> and
2: now we have dogs in this.
1: Yeah, they've got uh, like a bank. They're, you know, it's like a Brinks truck has brought a bunch of money and it's going to be transported. So they have Doverman pincher
2: Interesting. Is it? Yeah. Yes.
1: All it's going to lead to is they need to get to the coffin and they can't because bark, bark, bark. And then it'll go away. It's, I don't know. It's like, we need something here. And so they went back pa- a couple pages and wrote in, okay, make a delivery of a Brinks truck. Okay. Okay. And then have Doverman's. Okay. Good, good, good. And that'll stop them from. That's if, a funny... They
3: needed a
1: plot point. Yeah. Now when they hug goodbye and kiss, she won't let go while the car starts moving and that'll be our comedic point of this.
2: Yeah, he he has like a not painterly way, but it's definitely everything is storyboard, like it's a comic book. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to know like it could be dubbed in another language and still comes across. Which is good for Lester.
1: Well, what's he saying right now?
2: He's saying, uh, uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's right. he
1: saying? Okay, so he's a big man. He's the uh, world's oldest train conductor, right? So he's calling President Nixon and asking him to reroute the train to Nebraska instead of New York so that they could drop off this boy at his hometown. Or he'll call Walter Cronkite. So Nixon has put in an executive order to, that's maybe not the right term, to AMRAIL to divert the train to Nebraska. So that's what they're going to do. That's Passengers seem to mind.
2: That's really funny.
1: So now they're catching up on old times kind of thing.
2: Ooh, Grifters playing cards on train. That was that was uh, the movie The Grifters with with uh, John Cusack.
1: They're sort of playing with each other for fun. They are not doing card grifting. And what they'll do is he'll tell them that it's it's, it's about a million dollars, and then Lou Gossett Jr. will be go, it's five million dollars. Don't you read the news
2: and you know oh, right. Lou he's Gossett on top did his research. Yeah, being on a train you have to play playing cards right it's like a law yeah when
1: i went to uh dc with my young uh my middle kid i we played cards on the way and yeah, yeah that's if right on a train you really should bring a pack of cards well, yeah, brian of, Dennehy.
2: yeah i know look he's uh we've seen him in different states so it looks good looking good brian now he was in um part time three
1: No, he was in the LWAFL M-O-Y-T movie, uh, Little Miss Marker. Huh. Remember and I criticized his acting? Like in this movie, he's doing acting. He's a character. He's got a... But in that movie, he was just the thug who stood around and looked like a gorilla. Right. You know, they wanted Dudley Moore for this film. Warner Brothers wanted Dudley Moore. But the director and the writer were like... No, let's do an ensemble cast.
2: So they messed up. I think that makes more sense, right? Oh, I don't know okay. Dudley Moore might be funny on a train.
1: It, any movie Dudley Moore would have been in would have been really good. It would have been a hit. You know what I mean? It would have he would have made you laugh. He would have been in wacky situations. You know, Dudley Moore is always the way to go. What 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 movie was he in that was bad?
2: Uh, Mickey and Maud.
1: Mickey and Maud, Refresh
2: my memory. That was a Blake Edwards movie with him and Robert, and Richard Mulligan. Maybe I didn't see it.
1: My Maybe. memories of Dudley Moore movies are always, they're well, spot Bedazzled. on. The Dazzled's great. Yeah, The Dazzled was great.
2: And Ten is funny.
1: Ten is really good. Yeah, Ten is funny. Oh, He's, uh, that,
2: uh what was that? That uh, Goldie Hawn uh, Chevy Chase movie? Seems like Old Times, right? In which they were m- divorced and then got married. Um, no, but- it, he like there's a murder mystery. Like they get involved in a killing at a uh, movie theater in San Francisco. What was it called? Uh, good times, harsh swallow, uh, fair play, fair play. Yeah, I think it's called Fair Play. Okay, but
1: you didn't mention that one. You talk, you mentioned, enough, seems like old times you called it.
2: Yeah, that might be a different movie.
1: Yeah, that's the one in which Chevy Chase was married to Goldie Hawn and then she she married the like mayor of... Remember it had never. all the dogs and... Okay, never mind.
2: What was, what was that Goldie Hawn movie where there was three on a wire? <laughs>
1: I don't know. We're going to see Jim Carrey. Should we see our Jim Carrey cameo here?
2: Oh, I I already saw Jim Carrey. Uh, my video went to the all Jim Carrey scenes from Miners Keepers footage. <laughs> Not my plan, but...
1: Okay, so there's Jim Carrey. Now, Yay. Jim Second Carrey one. has drafted the Dodge. Okay, Jim Carrey is the Nephew of the mayor Brian Dennehy, and he just got word that they're bringing Jim Carrey's body, who died in Vietnam, to his hometown in Nebraska. Now, of course, this is all like the mis- crazy plot of Michael O'Keefe and Century, you know, with the false name and everything. But Brian Dennehy doesn't know that, so he's like, "What is going on? How can you <laughs> be dead in Vietnam?" Because- so their plan is. Let him bring the body here. We'll just bury it in the ground, and no one will ever find out that I harbored a draft dodger. Ooh,
2: that, that's, that is thats topical.
1: <laughs> now, look, but, see, Jim Carrey just plays I'm a dummy throughout the whole thing. That's all this character does. And he doesn't do anything – they didn't know what they had. He doesn't do anything, like, super physical or, you know, like – snap his finger in the propeller and then make a ouch face you know they didn't use any jim carrey outrageous jerry lewis stuff right now at the time jim carrey was trying to get on the tonight show he had moved to la he was performing at um it's not in front of me that 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 uh one with Pauly shores mom and oh, he was sure that the comedy store the comedy store and he was just trying to make his way onto the tonight show now during this thing he he also got this party, went off to do it but johnny liked him but didn't pull him to the couch and it like broke his heart
2: <laughs> i know it's such crazy politics
1: so anyway that's what was going on in jim carrey's life this was just something he did because he got a gig sure i'm in a movie i'm a comedian he's not really a famous person yet
2: he didn't wasn't on in living color right well he did uh what twice Bidden and then uh the duck factory which is a tv show yeah and uh i guess the earth girls are easy where he him and damon wayans have uh yeah uh, i forget what year that was this probably has to be like late 80s early 90s yeah, probably late
1: 80s. And he was doing a bunch of Jim Carrey stuff in that. But, you know, it was after In Living Color really hit that he got a movie. And that was the uh, Ace Ventura. And then it went on to The Mask. You know, he then right. he
2: just skyrocketed. Which okay. is amazing because, yeah. All right, so it's a Dennehy.
1: Yeah, what's going on here is he goes, you know, like, words cannot express... We're sorry. So he goes, so there won't be any. Put the put a you know, it's like he's obviously trying to rush the coffin to the ground. But they're making a big deal out of it because he's the mayor and it's his nephew, and you must be grieving. And they put up banners and they have a band.
2: Oh, uh, there's the band. Now, we want to trade Richard Lesser's jokes down Broadway. <laughs> Now, this is a little bit
1: grandiose, not what they were expecting. They just wanted to get off the train with the coffin and and basically take the money. Because you can't steal what's already been stolen, you see.
2: So this is like a press and surge comedy where there's a misunderstanding on a train. Right. So, yeah. what, well, never mind the
1: train part of it. So what yeah. has to happen right now? The, the train's leaving now. There will be no more train for the film. What? So, that's right of course they're at their destination
2: so there was was a film called hail the conquering hero where uh eddie Breckett's on a train going home he was honorably discharged from the war and he meets fellow marines who won't allow him to say that he got discharged honorably and they create this lie that he was a war hero and then it just escalates gotcha so by the time he gets to the train station there's a a band out there
1: oh right Well, that's what's going on here. So they have to think on their feet quickly. So Louis Gossett Jr. just happens to be dressed as a priest so that he can, you know, he's a con. So he goes, I'm the reverend, uh, I am the father. And he sees the, like, the baby picture. So he goes, bassinet. You know, they're just really quickly. She's singing a dumb, she's reading a dumb poem she wrote. There you lie in your coffin. When you're buried, I will visit you often. And they're all rolling their eyes. <laughs> so she's claiming to be the widow now. That you know he never told you we were married. Wow. So is is he getting the- a thrown together stories so they can con their way out of you know? They just want to get alone with the coffin and take the money.
2: Now, Michael O'Keefe, he's dressed up in a uniform, as us civilians would say. But do you know, as a citizen, like what field, what uh, branch of uh, military service he's representing? And if by chance this widow is the same? The, the same? To me it looks
1: like he's an Air Force person and he's got the stripes of a sergeant. That's what it looks like to me. I think that's an Air Force uniform. Is it green or blue? If it's green, it's an Army uniform.
2: Oh, I gotcha. Might be blue.
1: It's kind of washed out, and I get a blue vibe off of that. So that's why I was thinking it was Air Force.
2: Right, because you go in the sky, which is blue.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Navy is white. Army is green. uh, Air Force is blue.
2: Navy is green,
1: right? No. For the water. No, the Navy is white. (laughs) Oh man, what, so, what? T- armies on the ground, so there have green for grass and navy's, you know, blue, you know, they're in the sky, so they have okay. So anyway, they're going straight to you know, where is the mother? She's in prostrate. No, right. pr- yeah, prostate, prostate, and she goes, You mean prostrate. They're going straight to the 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 graveyard to bury the body, which is just Weird, you know, that's not the way you do it. You have a
2: wake first. Well, they couldn't wake. They were waiting, they were waking outside the whole time.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So he got thrown off the train,
1: our bad guy, and now he's trying to steal oh, a car. You know, he's basically got a he thinks he's trying to get to New York to intercept
2: that coffin. That's what he thinks he needs to do. Oh, Five million dollars but- in it for him. But he doesn't know that the coffin is now at this other town. Right. Nebraska. It's now in. Let's see. What was the
1: name? of? It's the fictional town of High River, Nebraska.
2: Fictional. Yeah. There's
1: no real town like that. No, there is no High River, Nebraska. Now, there's one scene and I don't want to ruin it, even though I'd love to spoil things Mm -hmm. for you no i'm not doing it but you can see they're in the town of vulcan alberta and you can see vulcan on things oh and they just said yeah. screw it let's just finish this movie i'm not doing I'm halfway not... there
2: i feel like we are halfway through this movie
1: we we are
2: we're further than that yeah we're, we're in act three now because i don't know what else they can do is there anything else they could do well, they don't have the money, do they? No, but I mean, so they have to get the money. Guess where the money is? Six feet under. Right.
1: So they got to be grave robbers now, of course. Of course. And they have to maintain this lie that I was married to him. I am the the chapel chaplain of him. I am the... So... Here comes, why did you tell me you were married, Jim Carrey? Smack! I'm not Your widow was at your funeral. Maybe I was drunk. Yeah, weird. I know. Maybe I was drunk. I have to see her. You're not seeing anybody. You're dead. <laughs> so what they're going to do is I don't know, put them on a train or something. Like, you're getting out, you're going to Canada. Which, they wouldn't be far, right? Right. (laughs) This we On our show, we've seen it so many times. It's cheaper to film in Canada and pretend it's the U.S. We saw that for that National Lampoon movie.
2: Yeah, Uh, sure. Well, you know, they do that a lot. But this movie is, like, so Americana, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's about the war and it's about... Uh, veterans returning and not returning, and there's a Americana train, and they're in the middle of Nebraska. It just seems like this is all Canada. It's all Canada. it cheated me.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was driving me back crazy. I could not think of the Oakland uh, Amtrak like that, Amrail like that. <laughs> this isn't even oh, this is oh, This isn't even a real company. She's finally seducing him.
1: Well, I wouldn't say fine, yeah. Well, I don't think the, that's the right word seducing. He's
2: We're finally to getting come,
1: it on. She's trying to consummate the relationship. He goes, No, I'm too tense. I'm too tense. I'm too tense. And then she says, That's the point, Michael. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now we're finding out that Walter Cronkite has flown to China, okay, uh, for some negotiations. So he won't be on the news tonight with so-and-so. What are we going to do? Well, I've got this local piece about a war hero coming home. They're like, fine, let's run with it. So that's how it's going to, like, get on TV.
2: Right. This guy is
1: so screwed. The bad guy will get wind of it, you know, and so will the fake widow. They'll both independently see it on the television, and then they'll make their way to the fake town of High River, Nebraska.
2: Well, that's cool.
1: I think so. Our bad guy, you
2: just don't recognize him, do you? I recognize him. You do? He's from Caddyshack. (laughs) No. Our bad
1: guy, the bad guy. Who stole the the first place? Yeah, he worked at the bank with Lucy. (laughs) I'm going to read you his movies, right? And you've seen them
2: all. Yeah, no, you told me he was in Homeward Bound 2. He was in Cavan Boy. He was in Sudden Impact. He was in uh, Poseidon Adventure, Above Ground Adventure. No. Uh, No, he wasn't in any of those films. He was in Barney Miller, the TV
1: show, the movie. That's true. He was in Barney Miller. Are you reading off of IMDb or something? No, I took a guess.
2: Why wouldn't he be on Barney
1: Miller? Oh, you took a guess. Okay. He was in Last American Hero with Jeff Bridges. He was in The Longest Yard, French Connection 2, King Kong with Jeff Bridges. He was in Cujo, Death Wish 3, Revenge of the Nerds 2, um... He was in Born in the Fourth of July, My Blue Heaven, The Rocketeer, School Ties, True Romance, Wagons East, Leaving Las Vegas, Talladega Nights, and the number 23, that other Jim Carrey. Vehicle. Right. Anyway, if you saw his face in those movies, you go, oh, that guy. Because he's
2: bald, right. you see. He looks different. There's Century. Wasn't Lou Gossett Jr. in the movie Deal of the Century in 83? Um, With Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase was in a movie. I think it was Sigourney Weaver and Lou Gossett Jr. I'm going to check.
1: I just didn't write it down. I only wrote down what I thought was interesting. Like he was in Jaws 3D. You know? And he right. was in Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy. You, you might be right about that. I only wrote down what to my interest
2: well that movie is made fun in bachelor party at the end of bachelor party they go to a movie theater
1: mm-hmm.
2: and on the marquee is a movie called meal of the century oh very nice okay <laughs> now she sees herself no, on tv i take it back gregory hines
1: i feel embarrassed gregory hines yeah we saw him in another
2: lwafl oh life. this is this is actually cool. directed by william freaking god i gotta see that movie all right i take it back you remember the zoo gang? Yeah, I remember the zoo gang with Ben Vereen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Ben Vereen. Yeah, it's been enough I got... Okay, movie.
1: now this guy was in... he The FBI guy, he was in Newhart. Do you recognize him?
2: Uh, No, I didn't really watch Newhart, but I recognize the guy. Yeah, because he became a
1: character actor after that success. And he was in, he was in
2: Love American Style. Pastrami on Rye American Style. Remember <laughs> that episode? No. It was uh, Love and the Pastrami Sandwich.
1: Okay. this He was Stew Pickles in Rugrats, okay? That's how he ended his career. But listen to this. He was in LWAFL Rented Lips.
2: Oh wow, that's a good movie, Robert Downey Sr.
1: And this one you would be interested in. He was in Theodore Rex. Oh yeah. And wow, this, this
2: guy's is... wildly interest
1: you. He was in Chud Two. That's not the one we saw.
2: Yeah, we saw Chud Two, but the
1: Chud. Oh, we didn't see Chud Three. We saw Chud Two. I believe
2: there was never a Chud Three.
1: Okay, then this he must have been one of those military guys. Uh, right. Okay, let me just tell you. He was in High Anxiety, Silent Movie, Catch-22, The Long Goodbye. This is interesting. He was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, He was in History of the World Part One. He was in Boogie Nights. And like I said, he was Stu Pickles. He was Rugrats. Right. His name's Jack Riley, and Newhart started his career. Okay, they've dug up the graves, and they got the money now but they hear something in the bushes, so they're running away instead of filling in the dish. Now, here is the the cousin, and then Jim Carrey, her cousin, reveals himself, and she thinks, you're walking. You're of the dead.
2: Look at him. He's so restrained.
1: Yeah, he's just a regular actor. He's 23 years old.
2: He dialed it down to 700. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his movies are unstoppable. They're a little dated. I don't I don't think a lot of it flies now, but you know, he made a kids movie where he couldn't lie and he, his whole body is physical like trying to not lie. That liar liars that film, I yeah. loved
1: it. It was a great film. Yeah. So I mean, the, the whole movie They sneak into the hotel. They don't want to go through the lobby, but they find the place has been ransacked and ransacked. And we know why our bad guy kidnapped Beverly D'Angelo. Huh. Have you seen The Widow? No, but I heard she didn't want to be disturbed. Anything wrong? No, nothing's wrong. We're just going to continue our comedy of errors as the FBI show up.
2: Right. Look, it's Donald Trump. Oh, no, it's Dennehy.
1: And, okay, what happens in this scene is Dennehy's like, okay, she goes, so and so, your co- nephew's risen from the dead. You're, um, yeah. Now, Brian Dennehy knows what that means. He's not dead. Right. right? So he's got to fake it because he's trying to scam his daughter. But who should walk right in? Oh, right. But Jim Carrey.
3: Whoa. Whoa. Whoa.
2: Can... Hey. Hello, Mr. Danny He.
3: You see, he is alive,
1: Danny.
2: He's still wearing that uniform.
1: That's right. Throughout the whole film he'll wear this uniform and he'll be a priest.
2: Right. they better run. No, take it easy.
1: Yeah, what I thought was Lou Gossett Jr. was going to say, look, they took this woman who you met yesterday. Let's take the money and leave. But no, that's not what he does. He's like, we got to go after her.
2: He plays a video. So your girlfriend's been kidnapped. Now, check
1: this out. The bad guy found an abandoned house. And now the movie's going to get good for about 15 minutes. This abandoned oh, no. house was, yeah, it was being moved. It's not well, an abandoned house.
2: Little house in the Parkway.
1: <laughs> very good, very quick, Michael. Very quick.
2: So this is a, uh, as they do. Oh, what well, rat race? Uh, uh, could we, Goody Junior gets okay. trapped in a moving house. Look at house. the
1: bad guy now. Maybe you'll recognize him now. He's got his weight
2: off. Guy. This guy. Oh, he's Michael.
1: Carl. Oh, he's a cop? My mistake. Now, the bad guy in our film just took off his wig and shoved it into Beverly D'Angelo's mouth to shut her up. The so next right. time you see our bad guy, maybe you'll recognize him from all those films.
2: All right. I cannot wait. Which <laughs> to me I can wait. Which means I can wait.
1: This is supposed to be like the goofy cops, you
2: know, he's sleeping. His wife kicked him out. Hello? He looks worse than this print. This print's shabby. He looks even shabbier. Mr. Shaba, man. Shaba.
1: Shaba shalom to you, Michael.
2: It's a lot of phone calls. What happened to his eye? his wife. <laughs>
1: We don't get to see that. It's
2: just comedic.
1: Yeah. These are, you know, it's the the high river cops and their dummies and, you know.
2: Yeah, I get it.
1: He goes, come on, let's go. He goes, do you want me to hang up the phone? He goes, come on, you idiot. Let's go. Now, for some reason, when he goes down into this dumpster, we hear a Splash. But then he's not wet.
2: Well, he's like garbage with that dumpster water.
1: Yeah, it's dumpster water. Maybe it's just his feet went in it. You, now, you know, you okay, go, take a look at him. Take a look at him now. Do you recognize him?
2: Yeah. He he was like a mean guy on Happy Days. <laughs> oh, <So laughs> he said, oh, it's that girl. He goes, I hey, been- pull over the car. And
1: he's like, oh, that's all I need. A hijacker.
2: Right, i more like a house jacker. <laughs> he
1: wants the... They should have done your joke. That would have been good. He wants the the house to turn around and go back and where it was parked, you know, go back to the original spot because he knows that's where the guys with it, the money are coming.
2: Oh, right, yeah. They're far away from the money. Meanwhile, the Gateway Hotel.
1: Oh, yeah, we're far away from the money. Michael, Michael. They, they, he's stolen Beverly D'Angelo, got her in a house, and he says, come to this address. So now they're coming with the money to, you know, exchange it for Beverly D'Angelo. But the house is moved. So he's saying, drive back to where we were. So I'm at the right of
2: the- That sounds like That sounds like a his problem, not a Mike problem. Okay, okay. You know, I wish him the best. Look at Jim Carrey, so restrained. Okay, now, yeah, he is restrained. Now, the cop is going to
1: completely overhear Brian Dennehy on the phone to his wife saying, you let him out. People are going to find out I'm I'm harboring a fugitive, a draft dodger. So the cop's overhearing the whole thing. He goes, this eager young cop is going to come in here and put me under arrest and make captain.
2: You know, Uh, that's funny. Bob Oedekirk heard all that. Bob Odenkirk. This guy. He goes,
1: you're under arrest and I'm about to make captain. He goes, you're making a big mistake. He goes, I'm making captain. (laughs) Hands Uh, up.
2: Whoa. Lock that shit up.
1: Yeah. Okay, so he arrives like what do you there's a house there was a house right here we're supposed to meet a guy here he goes he's they took the house down the road so now he's gonna get with lou gossett jr and go after the house which is trying to come back to them you see
2: right i guess i see well i'm so glad we left the train I was bored of that train. Yeah. it was, See, that's the thing. It was it was never a train movie, but train sites want to say it is. You know what's funny is that we saw the trailer to this movie and they I know it's going to happen to that house. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's in the trailer. Okay. It's like one scene of many.
1: All right. Well, I didn't want to ruin it for you, but yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. And, like, this movie gets good for, like, 8 to 10 to 12 minutes or so when right. they're butsing around in the house, uh, you know, because it's on the move. He's trying to make it turn around and then it won't clear the, the sign, which says Vulcan, by the way. They're clearly in Vulcan, Alberta.
2: Right. That's so weird.
1: So the widow now saw the news story and knows where they are. So she's now trying to hide, you know, her face because she is the kidnapped heiress. At least that's what the news story is saying. You see,
2: the vice daughter.
1: Oh, yeah, federal officer. Bob Newhart, FBI. This way, ma'am. Stu Stu Pickles, FBI, ma'am.
2: Wow, he bravely used the vacuum cleaner on a woman with a gun.
1: That's right. Now she takes the turns the gun on them. Well, no, she, for a couple seconds she had a gun and she had them all.
2: Don't move. Uh-oh.
1: Now you seem to know her and like her. I don't even really know her. I know that she was in um, not necessarily the news.
2: Yeah, so she was also... Uh... She's British. She was on, not necessarily the news, the British one. And then she was on HBO's version, not necessarily the news. Mm -hmm. And then she was on SNL during the 80s. Oh, I
1: missed that. Now, she was Superman 3. The, the, remember, not Miss Tessmacher, the, remember the beautiful woman who was secretly really
2: smart in
1: Superman 3? That's her.
2: Yeah, that's about right. She, uh, She's part of the Kenny Everett show. Kenny Everett is this British comedian. He has a comedy movie, horror movie, and it's on YouTube. It's called Bloodbath at the House of Death. And she's in that as well.
1: Now, she is actually New England. She's No, New Zealand. She was New, New Zealand, Zealand born, but she, she is a resident in both the United States and the United Kingdom. Wow, what a life. Yeah, well, she's married to Sir Billy Connolly.
2: Whoa, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. She left him yeah, really? hmm He passed away, right? I don't know, but I know that she wrote several books, including a biography of Sir Billy Connolly. And she is a psychologist. Uh, she's got a show called Shrink Rap on British and Australian te- television. With well, like my um, good
2: friend, Bridge Hall.
1: She was married to Nicholas Ball, who she left in the mid-70s to be with Billy Connolly. She lived with Connolly ten years before they were married in Fiji in 89. Whoa. Yeah, it's funny because Beverly D'Angelo really looks like she has a beard. Now Michael O'Keefe. Puts his big boy pants on and beats the crap out of the bad guy.
2: It's about time he did something. his oh, his way.
1: He's getting the gun. Drop Beverly D'Angelo knocked her out. Uh oh. Louis Gossett Jr. does not know how to drive uh, a truck, you know. He doesn't right. know gears or anything. You see, it says Vulcan. It's so obviously Vulcan, Alberta.
2: So weird. Yeah, Vulcan. Welcome to Vulcan.
1: Yeah, and they destroyed their sign. That's not a made-up sign.
2: They really destroy it. They had the gag built out. Yeah, you're right. So that's hilarity because the house, right, right, is gone. They've gone from Preston Search to Harold Lloyd. This has got to be part of the reason this budget was seven
1: million dollars. They're doing this. Yes. Oh no! Are- Look, Vul- Vulcan Annual Fair. It's it's so obviously Alberta.
2: Yeah, you're right. Weird. It's not is- Nebraska. Well, it could be Vulcan, Nebraska.
1: I guess so. Yay! We're we're safe. There was this funny bit. He takes the
3: gag.